Welcome back to Totally Nostalgic, a podcast dedicated to the pop culture of the 1980s and 1990s. It is the week of Thanksgiving at the time of this recording, so today I'm bringing a bonus episode where I break down my top 10 things from the 1980s and 1990s that I am thankful for. Thank you, thank you for joining me, and let's break down the list. Thanks again for joining me. Again, if you are enjoying this show, please subscribe or rate and review. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and many other platforms. As I said in the intro to today's show, it is a bonus episode where I will break down my top 10 things that I am thankful for from the 1980s and 90s. I uh, hope you enjoy this 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 list of items. Um, some of it may seem kind of silly or, or shallow, I guess, when you think about things you're thankful for, but it's it's really just a fun topic for me to talk about some of the things from the 80s and 90s that I enjoy the most, that I look back on so fondly, and that I am thankful that I had experienced these things, uh, or for that matter, um, thankful that I have the ability to to go back and relive some of the nostalgia with all the availability these uh, days online. So. That's pretty much the premise here, and uh, with this being a bonus episode, I also reached out to some of my Twitter friends to find out, you know, what they're thankful for. Those, you know, those individuals who have that similar uh, desire to talk about 80s and 90s nostalgia, and uh, a lot of great uh, things I got from there as well. So let me start by breaking down this list for you and going through uh, each of those things. So, starting with number 10, for me, is the video game titled Paperboy. I'm sure many of you who grew up in the 80s and even 90s, of course, probably remember this this game. Uh, It was actually introduced and released in 1985 as an arcade action game. It was developed and published by Atari Games and Midway Games. And the player takes the role of a paperboy who delivers a fictional newspaper called the Daily Sun along a suburban street on his bicycle. The arcade version of the game featured bike handlebars as the controller. So, this game has always stuck with me for so long. And I don't know that I can adequately adequately put into words what it is about this game that I loved so much. Um, I think it's partially because it's one of my early memories of being like really into an arcade game. And that's really where the, the love for it started. I, I, I remember this was specifically at a video store in my town growing up and... As much as I love renting videos as well, I think going there just to play the uh, Paperboy Arcade was probably the big driver for me to go to that video store so often. And the game was fairly popular and was actually uh, released in different versions for computer 
uh, play as well as eventually in 1988 it was released finally by Nintendo and that's really where the passion for this game for me continued because when I uh, was able to finally get a Nintendo or you know when my friends had Nintendos I remember playing the Paperboy game and how much I loved the version of that for Nintendo as well and uh, that same video store that I played the arcade in originally which by this time later on was the arcade I believe was gone and you know long gone at that point but I remember uh, renting the Paperboy video game for NES and going home and playing that all weekend so again I don't think Paperboy's going to rank it any as anyone's, you know, pick on the greatest video game ever released, but it has always stuck with me and it continues to this day to be one of my favorite video games that I look back on very fondly. All right, so let me move on to number 9 and this one probably comes as no surprise for anybody who's been listening to this podcast and that is Baywatch, the uh the action adventure drama uh, series that ran from 1989 to 2001, based on uh, you know lifeguards that worked uh, on the La- on a Los Angeles beach. Um, obviously, starring David Hasselhoff, Pamela Anderson, Yasmin Bleeth, eventually Jeremy Jackson, and uh, many other actors throughout the run of that series. Uh, my thing with Baywatch is I love that it to me is like a a quintessential 90s show Um, obviously started late in the 80s but really had its big run you know through the 90s and uh, I like that it's it's campy and uh, unintentionally sometimes funny and the acting uh, can be equal parts fun and uh, entertaining and comical at the same time the premises the storyline there was just a lot of campy goodness on that series and uh, it's been something that I've chose as a highlight for uh, looking back on with uh, pop culture reference so definitely grateful for that series all right moving on to number eight and uh, if you go back and listen to my very first episode of this podcast it was dedicated to probably my favorite uh childhood memory um and that was my pet monster the plush doll again that i talked about way back early on when i started this uh, podcast the my pet monster doll is something that is probably the thing that i i look back most fondly as uh, you know from my childhood the uh, plush doll that was released in 1986 and I talked about how if there was one thing I could have from my childhood, it would probably be that. And uh, I continue to feel that way, and I'm grateful that I had, and thankful, of course, that I had that to grow up with. Um, So moving to the next one, number seven, sticking with the theme of toys, uh, it was the Masters of the Universe. So obviously, Masters of the Universe was a huge deal in the 80s and there was a television series uh, animated television television series that uh, came out 
due to the popularity of the uh, action figure line and really for me it was the action figures themselves that really resonates for me more so than the the animated series i i did watch some but it's really those action figures that mean the most to me and as a kid growing up with this i mean when when i was asked what i wanted for christmas or my birthday it was always the answer was always i want he-man characters i want he-man action figures and at some point i had pretty much from what i remember just about the entire line i mean every family member was buying me these action figures for birthdays and christmas so i collected them in a hurry and uh another piece just like my pet monster that uh that i look back on so fondly and uh they've obviously in the most recent uh past i mean they've re-released action figures for masters of the universe uh some of which in line with the uh, new series on netflix uh, masters of the universe revelation and uh I've certainly collected some of the reissued action figures, uh, but you know it still does, just doesn't feel the same, um, unfortunately. But again, it's something that I, I always cherish, and uh, as I've mentioned so many times in this podcast as well, uh, wish that I would have retained those objects, those those things from my past. I wish I would have understood that. It would mean so much to me later on in life, but as with so many things that we take for granted of and uh, don't hold on to. So, but again, to this day, very thankful to have had them and, and enjoyed every part of it. So, okay. So let's move into number six. And this is going to be something that eventually I'm going to do a full episode dedicated to this this subject because this one is probably one of the top uh, examples of my nostalgia for my uh, my uh, childhood growing up and that was the USA Cartoon Express which was a programming block consisting of animated children's series which aired on the USA Network from September 20th, 1982 to September 15th, 1996. This uh, block of programming meant so much to me growing up. And as with most children, at least of that time, I mean, cartoons were virtually our lives. And this USA Cartoon Express just seemed to be the 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 top of of everything for me it was the bee's knees the uh heads and shoulders above anything as much as i loved saturday morning cartoons it was that cartoon uh, express that really uh meant the most to me and uh you know those of us who watched it you probably remember that there was a lot of good cartoon series of that time that were featured on that programming on USA Network, I mean, including a lot of Hanna-Barbera uh, classics that were that were airing on that, as well as some other series. Um, 
Denver the Last Dinosaur, which was something that I that I remember pretty vividly and love that series. The Gem series was on there. G.I. Joe. Uh, the real Ghostbusters, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had a run on that as well. Um, there was just so many good cartoon series that were run through that uh, programming block on the USA Network. And I uh, was thankful that I grew up with that uh, form of entertainment. It, uh, it was great stuff. Any of you who also watched it, I would love to hear what your thoughts were on the... Uh, Cartoon Express. It's something that I would love, like I said, to dive into a little deeper eventually. So let's move into the top five. So this one is a more, uh, more or less a later piece to the to the time frame, and this would be the uh, Radiohead album OK Computer, which was released in 1997. And uh, even though it was released at ta- that time, it really really hit me um later on probably closer to 99 2000 when i really got into radiohead but uh their their album okay computer uh i can say pretty confidently is probably my favorite uh album of all time it's just one that has meant a lot to me that i've listened to so many times and uh it's just a great piece of of art and uh and music, so uh, I'm definitely thankful that it's in that it, that it's out there in the world, and that I've had the pleasure of uh, of experiencing it. All right, so number four, and to me this is a another big icon of the time, and I've already featured it a little bit on uh, previous episodes, but that is the A Nightmare on Elm Street film franchise um i'm a big freddy krueger guy and uh jason Voorhees, of course as i've said a big fan as there are many of those out there and i am thankful for that series uh that franchise all the films that are in it um to me the the reboots and whatnot never can compare to the the i don't know the comedy the the whole thing of the time the, you know the 80s were a unique time and uh the style and the tone of of uh, horror movies during that time are like and are unlike anything else so anyone that knows knows and uh you know that's about the best way i can describe it and uh i've already said before a nightmare a nightmare on elm street three dream warriors is one of my favorite horror movies ever and definitely uh, a highlight of the entire franchise all right so number three this is another one i will definitely dedicate uh an episode to at some point and uh for those of you who are not fans of professional wrestling i apologize to bore you with it but i think there's plenty of them out there um that grew up during that time as well and uh, i'm thankful not only for the the wwf uh, slash WWE of the 80s and 90s, but specifically the pay-per-view Survivor Series 1989, which of course happened on Thanksgiving night in 1989, and it was one of the first pay-per-views that I can remember watching live. I went to a friend, a, a neighborhood friend's house to watch that event, and uh, it captivated me. 
I was already a wrestling, a pro wrestling fan at that point. I remember early on watching professional wrestling on television, um, you know, laying on my living room floor and, and, and mimicking the moves I would see on the TV screen. But this is probably the first pay-per-view that I remember watching as it happened. And uh, definitely my my peak fandom came from, you know, 1989 through probably 91, 92. And, uh, for me, even though, again, I watched, you know, remember watching wrestling since I was probably five, but it was this pay-per-view that really cemented it for me, uh, as a big fan at that time. Okay. So let's move into my top two and, uh, number two, which I think is pretty common, especially for boys who grew up in the, you know, the late eighties into the early nineties. And that was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I love them to this day. The cartoon series was amazing. The action figures were great as well during that time. And of course, any of us who got to experience the, the film, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live action movie that came out in 1990 was just a game changer for, I think, any of us. And, uh, I think it's popularity even to this day with reboot series and merchandise that you can still find everywhere with the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think says a lot about their popularity and where they stand from a pop culture standpoint, even as more recently with my daughter who loved the series as well. And uh, I am very thankful for the series. It's meant a lot for those of us who... You know, maybe growing up, we weren't the biggest Marvel fans or DC fans, but the Ninja Turtles were definitely it for us. And I remember even in addition to the animated series, addition to addition to the live action film, uh, I remember the comics as well. And uh, it was great stuff and uh, I'll never forget it. So moving into my number one and those who are closest to me probably know this better than anybody but I would say I'm probably most thankful for the macho man Randy Savage the legend from professional wrestling who was big in the 80s and 90s um, both decades just carrying through his heel persona in early WWF his king moniker in late uh, 80s which was of course my peak fandom um even through his uh, times in the 90s where he was semi-retired but you know had huge comebacks here and there everything about professional wrestling to me can be summed up with everything that the macho man was I think he's the greatest to ever do it whether that be on the mic whether that be in the ring whether that's the way he told stories I don't think there is anybody better and uh, although I'm sure your casual person who knows maybe only a little bit about pro wrestling probably recognizes names like Hulk Hogan and uh, maybe even John Cena these days, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin certainly, but I think Macho Man is definitely the best to represent that form of entertainment and uh, like I said, no one did it better. I'm thankful for experiencing everything he had to offer while I grew up. And uh, 
he's really probably the biggest reason for my fandom to this day. So there you go. That's my top 10 things I'm thankful for. I could certainly, I could have certainly uh, included a lot more um, as it was just a great time. Again, any of us that grew up during it, I think we all know that. We probably share a lot of the similar uh, similar things about those, that time that we are most grateful for. But that's my breakdown. And uh, here in a few moments, I'm going to take a look at what some of my Twitter friends had to say about what they're thankful for. So we'll jump into that in just a moment. Okay, as promised, I want to go over to Twitter and discuss what some of my Twitter friends, uh, Twitter followers and followers of mine are uh, thankful for from the 80s and 90s, so let's jump into this. So, at Mark Von 5 is uh, thankful for G.I. Joe, and uh, that is no surprise to me. G.I. Joe was a great series, um, a great action figure line as well, and although I didn't list it in my top 10, I certainly enjoyed every bit of the series as well, so it's a good one there. All right, so from at Psych Nation 2022, a uh, pretty long list, and I appreciate this very much, and there's a lot of good stuff here. So we're talking about Breakfast Club, Back to the Future, Simpsons, 80s music and movie soundtracks, and the, uh, TV theme, theme songs, including Cheers, Magnum P.I., Dukes of Hazard, A-Team, Facts of Life, Give Me a Break, Greatest American Hero, Miami Vice, it's a great one. Uh, Golden Girls, Simon and Simon, Night Court, 21 Jump Street, and Different Strokes. All right, from at D's Nerds, too many things to list. Batman, Ninja Turtles, RoboCop, Back to the Future, it goes on and on. I agree 100%. It really does go on and on. I could do the same thing. And I'm glad that uh, you brought up RoboCop and uh, Back to the Future, other great icons of the 80s. And uh, uh, at these nerds and I had a conversation based on that. And uh, I mentioned how Raph is my favorite. And uh, there's definitely some agreement there. All right. So looking at another one from at link zero three LAX. Talking about Thundercats and Silverhawks. Uh, more great options there. I used to love the Thundercats as well. I remember collecting the action figures uh, um, later on with those as well and the play sets and uh, was always another good one for me and uh, finally from at that 80s dude I'm just thankful I was raised in the 80s there's been nothing like it since and doubt there ever will be 90 to 95 were great years also I'm thankful to get to share my experience with others as well as my kids very well put. That's the that's exactly the point of what I'm doing here is to is to uh, share these thoughts and these feelings about the '80s and the '90s, of course. And that's prime time for me too. I mean, I think probably '88 through '98, we could probably say is is like my uh, my peak nostalgic time. Um, and a lot of that is similar things that we've discussed. Some of this, this pop culture that we grew up on that 
very much is unlike anything else and there probably never will be anything quite like it and uh we've broke down some of the reasons for that and, and we'll continue to do so and certainly i am thankful as well for those who i can share uh those experiences with and uh, i know exactly what you mean about you know sharing that stuff with your kids and uh I guess our parents kind of did that with us too, but it's like we were on overload with all our, our stuff during that time. So, um, but yeah, I've shared a lot of the music and movies and, and, uh, and cartoons and series and whatnot with my child and she's enjoyed them sometimes as much as I have. So that's good stuff. And I appreciate all of you that I uh, follow on Twitter that follow me and that have joined me so far on this journey through this podcast and uh thank you for uh taking a few minutes to provide me with some of your thoughts on what you're thankful for and for those of you who haven't uh for those of you who uh want to you know give me a shout on twitter at nostalgic 8090 let me know what you're thankful for specifically from the 80s and 90s or for that matter what you're thankful for to this to this day so it is the holiday seasons thanksgiving is upon us and it's one of my favorite times of the year and uh i would love to hear what everyone else has to say about today's topic or just in general what you're thankful for and uh again you can also email the show at totally nostalgic pod at gmail.com i look forward to hearing from all of you soon and uh, again this was a bonus episode i did not look at this week in pop culture i will do that on a uh, regular episode which i hope to drop later this week so i uh, i appreciate you spending some time with me for this and uh, i hope to talk to you guys all again very soon happy thanksgiving